0: Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Covenant people sense an obligation to the third party.
1: Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. I'm going to share part two of the message I'm going to be sharing at Band of Brothers next week. Uh, if you're not signed up for Band of Brothers, hopefully we, maybe we could squeeze you in if you can make a last minute decision. If you are signed up, you're getting a little uh precursor of what I'm going to be talking about and sharing. Of course, it's going to be a little different format, but I'm sharing some of the same truths here about what does covenant look like. So I want you to go to 2 Samuel 8. We were in 2 Samuel 7 last podcast, and I want to talk about what does covenant look like. And so in verse 10, in 2 Samuel 8, it says, Toi, son of Jerome, the son of to King David to send his son to King David to greet him and bless him because he had fought against Haddezer and defeated him and Haddezer had been at war with Toai and Jerome brought with him articles of silver and gold and bronze King David also dedicated these to the Lord with the silver and gold that he had dedicated from all the nations which he had subdued so here's the situation David is fighting the enemy of Toi, and he defeats him. Toi is grateful for what you know David has done. You know, and and, and knocks his enemy down, and he's excited about it. And uh, David has cleaned out these enemies, and Toi uh, has this. Uh, Toi. The king of Hamath. He's the king of Hamath. Now, this is in in Syria, right next to Israel. Would be where this be in common or in current day geography? And it says that Toi brought personal gifts to David. He he enriched David. He he took you know and said, David, I want to thank you because you defeated my enemies. You've enriched my life. Well, there's a principle right there. When you help somebody defeat their enemies or sometimes when you're a father or a dad or you just have that spirit on you whether it's your own children or people in the church and you defeat their enemy with them or for them or step in to intervene with them you know then there's a special bond that happens when men go to war there's there's nothing like that people will tell you that and I've experienced that in spiritual war as well. And there's nothing that you will not do for those people. This is what covenant looks like. But what David does here in verse 11, it says that he dedicated from all the nations which he had subdued. In other words, David did not take the gift for himself. If you believe the gifts in your life are from God, whether they're financial gifts Their gifts of ministry, their skill gifts, their relational gifts, their vocational gifts. If you really believe, I want you to really hear me here. If you really believe those things are from God, then it's going to be very easy for you when you're blessed for using those gifts to channel them back to God. When you have an extra blessing that comes your way, because David was a warrior, so there was a gift that came his way because of him being a warrior. And rather than just saying, hey, I'm a good warrior, I earned this gift that I'm going to put it in my pocket, I'm going to go home and I'm going to buy a vacation house, he turned it into the treasury of the Lord. And my point here is if you're convinced in your spirit that what you're doing and being blessed for is really from God, it's going to be a lot easier for you to look more like conduit than a deep pocket. In other words, your hands are going to be up in praise. Your hands are going to be open. Your hands are not going to be clenched. The point I'm making here is that a covenant person senses an obligation to the third party. When you talk about a contract, it's two people that shake hands and there's a mutual benefit. And there's nothing wrong with the contract. But a covenant goes beyond that. A covenant is when two people shake hands and they say, let's do this together together so that this person here can benefit. So what happened here is David goes to war, and he knocks out the enemy of his friend, and that turns into a covenant relationship because that person is blessed by the fact of what David did. Covenant men are conscious that their obedience to Jesus benefits a third party. Okay? Nothing wrong with benefiting the second party. You had a business partner, somebody in your family, somebody in your church. You made an agreement. We're going to do this and this together, and it'll bless you, and it'll be me. I'll work this much time. You pay me this this much money, that type of thing. Nothing wrong with those. Those are contracts. But there's a higher level in the kingdom of relationship, and it's called a covenant. And that's when those two guys come together and say, if you do this and I do this, you know, I'll supply the the brick and you supply the mortar and we'll build a house for that third person. That's the picture I want you to see. Okay. We're going to pitch our talents together and somebody else is going to be the benefit of it. There's going to be a third party beneficiary. There's a sense of stewardship or there's a sense of obligation amongst covenant people when they understand that. In other words, You know, I take my covenant with Jesus, and I just don't make it about me and Jesus. Have you ever seen people like that? They even talk in that language. It's about me and Jesus. I do this for Jesus. Jesus does this for me. They have no sense of body life. They have no commitment or covenant to a spiritual family. Uh, They know how to get blessed, but they don't know how to share their blessing. That's probably the best way to say it. Covenant people have an understanding that there's supposed to be a third-party beneficiary. They go as far as to feel obligated that when they're responding to God, that there should be a benefit. There should be an overflow factor that when believers come together to do something, that somebody else is going to benefit from what they're doing. I think that's really critical. I think that's really key to what is happening here, and it's something that marks David's life, and it's something the enemy kept trying to rob from him, and it was important that when we see David's relationship with Jonathan, for instance, we see that type of a mentality happening in his life, and so maybe here's just a, 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 a strong logical question to ask you. If you were in tight relationship with somebody, if you're in a good, you know contract relationship with somebody, have the two of you ever said, what's the benefit for what we do? Take marriage, for instance. I think one of the reasons that uh, a lot of marriages are unfulfilled, is because they're trying to meet each other's needs, and that's a first step. But it should be that the threefold cord is not easily broken. What has God brought us together to do? What can we do together greater than we could have ever done apart? When people come into a church, often, often they come in like with a retail mentality. What can this church do for me? And there's nothing wrong with being objective thinkers to say, Do I fit here? But if I join myself with them, what can we do together? what can I help them do? What can they help me to do that we were not able to do before? That's that's covenant thinking, not just, you know, I'm blessed here and it's going to improve my life and my kids like it and I like the music. That's great. That's contract. But God is calling us to go to a covenant level, like what's the benefit of this? Now that I got blessed, when I walk out the door Will I contribute to something else the church is doing? Maybe that doesn't necessarily ring my bell or float my boat, but I've got something now that I'm going to share. I'm going to be a covenant person. I'm going to think of the third party. Uh, I guess maybe an easy way to sum this up is, how do I use my privilege and blessing? We all have privilege and blessing and favor that God has in our heart. And what happened was when David defeated Toi's enemies and he had the blessing that came to him, he didn't take that as belonging to himself. He took that as something that God gave him to spend. And what he did, according to verse 11, uh, he gave it back to the temple. He dedicated these to the Lord with the silver and gold that he had dedicated from all the nations. So there's a pattern here. David couldn't be accused of making himself rich, right? Because all that plunder, and there was a lot of it, and... You know if you read the text carefully with David's soldiers one of the reasons they liked going to war with David was he let them take some of the plunder he didn't he didn't just take it all he 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 allowed them to fill their pockets so to speak but then what he carried home he gave to the work of the Lord he dedicated it to the temple a covenant person thinks about the third party beneficiary. A covenant part person goes beyond just what blesses me and what blesses you and what can we do together that'll be mutually beneficial, but they think downstream who down the road is going to benefit from us coming together and doing this. Read that whole chapter, I think it'll give you some insight. This is Keith Tusi for Leadership and Context. Hope to see you at Vander Brothers Blessing.
0: Today, Keith continued his discussion on what covenant people look like. Covenant people go beyond. Covenant people sense an obligation to the third party. How do we use our blessing in our favor? David took the blessing from Toi and didn't take it for himself. He took it as something that God gave him to spend. David gave it back to the temple. A covenant person thinks of the third party beneficiary. A covenant person thinks beyond what just blesses them. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Toosey. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.